Shareable is part of C-Suite Radio. The guest becomes the host, and the host becomes the guest. This segment is called Now You Do Me. Don't make it weird. Good evening, good day, good morning, wherever you are across the country, across the world. This is Santos Gonzalez hosting Shareable today with our incredible guest, Jeff. Now, let's just jump right into it because I'm a little bit upset right now because I walked into the office today and I look all good. I got a blazer on. I got the pocket square. I am doing that thing. I am looking great. While I started this interview, I thought it was going to be a video conference. I thought the world was going to see my smile and see my jacket and see my pocket square. But no, Jeff hit me with it's only audio. So we're going to try to make this um, this show as live and as great as it can be with no visual. But we're going to start today. Now, Jeff, how are you feeling today? I feel quite lovely. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, thank you for joining us. Now, I'm going to start with a couple rapid-fire questions. We're going to switch, switch this whole thing around, right? And I want to give you about five seconds. Each question, you got to just come right at it, right? Okay. You got five seconds every time I ask a question to answer. I'm ready. All right. Where are you located right now? Philadelphia, PA, at my girlfriend's house. Love it. What color are your shoes right now? Uh, I'm actually in my socks. I'm at home. What color are your socks? Gray. Red. Oh, are they red? No, they're gray Puma, man. Oh, I I wear the gray Puma socks with the red Puma sneakers. I like it. I like it. Last question. What is your favorite component of being an entrepreneur in Philadelphia? Oh, God. Probably that I I feel like I know everyone. Like, we're such a small, tight-knit city. And everywhere I go, I'm running into people that I know either from my, you know, distant past or near past or, or my present. And so many people um, kind of know me in some like the guy with the red shoes or uh, the world's most handsome social media and content marketing strategist. It's sort of like one of those things where like I can't really go anywhere and throw a tennis ball and not hit someone that either I know or that I feel like knows someone that I know. So I think that's what I really like. It makes getting traction a lot easier. So. I want to kind of actually take this time to try to get a little bit um, deeper, right? So if anyone knows me and they know my career, I have worked in the media advertising digital space for 15 years. Um, after starting my own company, I realized at first I thought, okay, well, I have I have this digital marketing background. You know, I'll be able to run all the digital and do all this. And, becomes a very intricate thing and, and as a CEO you're pulled left and right and and as, as anyone out there who has run advertising you could waste money extremely fast and if you're not monitoring if you're not analyzing it and different things like that so part of my journey with building this company the first thing I did was I sought out to find a social media internet marketing I would say guru but more importantly I just wanted to find someone that could I could trust. And that really put passion behind marketing because marketing, as you guys probably know, it's not a set it and forget it thing. You have to believe in it. You have to envision it. You have to eat it, breathe it, sleep in it, take bathe in it. To make a successful campaign, it has to be part of your DNA. Now, I have hired, I have interviewed, I would say over 12 and two and a half years, over 12 marketing companies 
uh, strategists, digital marketing, all these things to help take mainstream to the next level. And out of those dozen times, I have been completely, utterly disappointed. Um, you know, these, these, I met with these companies and they'll meet with you and they'll smile and they'll tell you, oh, we're going to put so much focus on this. We're going to give this to our best of our best. And then come to find out just because I have a background and I look at our data and different things like that. And it's a mess and it hurts. You know, when people tell you that they're going to give you the world and they just don't perform, it's, it's, it puts a sour taste on my mouth and, and it's really tough to swallow. Now, then I met Jeff, I met with Jeff and sat with him in a room, told him what we were doing. And he said, I got you. Said, Don't worry about it, Santos. We're going to build something. Let's meet next week, 15 minutes. I'm going to have something built out for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what we got. Get in a room. He writes all this stuff on his board. When I say he writes this stuff, he literally created a work of art, right? He, he built a strategy. He built tight content. He built sales funnels. He, he gets it. But after that meeting, in my gut, I'm like, oh, man, I like this guy. He seems cool. He wears red shoes, but he's going to disappoint me. But I said, let me give this last guy a shot. So Jeff starts building the campaign. He starts analyzing the campaign. He starts adjusting the campaign. He starts looking at the ROI of every component, every dollar that mainstream spent. Not his money that my company was spending. He treated my company, and he still does it to this day. He treats it like it's his. So Jeff, the question I have for you. What has inspired you or what moment can you point this back to that allowed you to become a unique force in this very cloudy, very competitive marketing strategy, advertising space? Uh, wow, that was one. The endorsement throughout that was uh, humbling and awesome to hear. But two, that's a real deep question about why I operate like that. So I think you pointed out something interesting. I, um, I do relate to my client's money as if it's my money. Um, and actually, I would, I would even go further and say that I'm actually more responsible with my client's money than I am with my own money. Um, and I think where that comes from, if, if I'm like really tracing it back, if I go back to early Jeff Gibbard and what what kind of revs my motor and keeps me going is that everything I've tried to do in my career, I've never wanted to be good at something. I've wanted to strive to be among the best of anything that anybody does in any particular thing that I take on. So that's just, I, that's my level of excellence that I try to hold myself to. And it's, um, it's partly competitive. It's also partly my belief that anything worth doing is worth doing with excellence. And that's why I generally don't do things that I'm not good at is that um, if I'm not going to be good at it, why do it? So when it comes to this, the whole social media thing, if you trace back to my humble beginnings of social media, um, I came out of my MBA in 2008 and I knew I wanted to be involved in social media because what I saw was a massive opportunity where nobody really knew anything more than anybody else. And um, I had the, I had the opportunity to get ahead of everyone else if I just kind of outworked them and outlearned and outstudied. If I just worked harder than them, I could be at the top of the game. So the uh, motivation behind the way that I relate to my clients' money and my clients' objectives and everything is that um, in every case, I'm trying to win at the highest possible level that it's possible to win. Um, 
So as a result, you know, I'm, I'm trying to mitigate loss by watching over their money, and I'm trying to spend their money in the most intelligent way that I know how based upon my experience so that I can get them the biggest win. And uh, for any sports fans out there, I would say that if I could give you a, a visual metaphor for it, um, when I want to win, I don't just want to, you know, cruise to victory. I don't want to, um, I don't want to like necessarily fight out the win. If I was to liken my desire to win to a visual sports metaphor, when the Sixers played the Lakers in the NBA championships, there was a moment where Allen Iverson hit a three from the corner and Teron Liu fell over and he stepped over Teron Liu and he looked down at him to let him know that he should never have challenged him in the first place. And I think that that is my spirit moment in sports because that's what I try to do when I'm working with my clients is I don't want them to win. I want them to win so bad that they hop on my podcast to host it and talk about it. Love it. Love it. You know, you mentioned something that, that's actually a good segue into the next question, Jeff. You mentioned that, yes, you want to win and you want to learn and you study. You said the word study. This is something that I actually, if you don't mind, I want to take something from you and hopefully I can learn something from you. So in my day-to-day as a CEO of this company, I'm, my phone doesn't stop ringing. I got nonstop meetings, it's, you know, thinking about the next big thing, implementing team development, and it, it goes on and on, press, nonstop. I have a very hard time taking time to better and sharpen my skills personally and business-wise. Now, I remember when we started working together, it was around the holidays, and I sent you an email. You're always available. I stop by your office. You get off the phone. We talk. I send you an email. It comes right back. I send you a text. It comes right back. I send a smoke signal that says J-E-F-F, and you're right there, like Superman. Your red shoes, you don't got the red cape, but you got the red shoes. You're always there. But I sent you an email one time, and an email came right back, and it said, I am out of the office. And I am not checking my emails. I'm not checking my phone. I'm spending the next 24, 48 hours or whatever it may be. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm reading books. I'm looking at, I'm uh, listening to podcasts. I'm, you know, taking seminars, boom, boom, boom. And I respected it so much because it, I knew how much um, building this program worked for you. But what was, what I respected is that you wanted to sharpen your skills to make sure that you were able to give your customers the best, most forward-thinking opportunities and talents that you're capable of. And that's extremely important because technology moves with it at lightning speed. But you, you take that time to make sure you have that lightning, but you put it in a bottle. So when you want to let it out, you let it out. So, so wh- how do you do that? How do you take yourself out of this fast-paced environment that you're in and just take that time to yourself? So there's a couple ways that I do it. Um, so I'll give you one thing before I get into like actually consumption and learning. And um, it, it's another piece I think is vital to this. So I want to make sure that I don't miss it. And that's that I think in order to actually learn things, I think you kind of have to sometimes let things just settle. Like you, So what I mean by that is I will take a Saturday completely off, which I know that sounds ridiculous to anybody that's like – that has a, like a job job and like they don't they don't work weekends but for me like to take off weekend days is a little bit of it's a struggle sometimes because i feel this calling to to go back and finish things that are on the list and you know work on the side hustle and do this and do that so i'm, I'm a little bit addicted to work and constantly fighting it but the 
the time where I just have workless downtime, not just like taking time to enrich myself or learn, but literally time where I let nothing happen. I just spend time with my girlfriend and go out to dinner and, you know, meet up with friends and those things. I find that that's actually some of the most important uh, time that I take to learn because it, uh, it lets the things that I've been stuffing into my head actually get absorbed and settle in as opposed to being lost under the clutter of more information that I'm stuffing into my brain. So I would say one, you have to make sure that you all, it's, it's sort of like a rest in between sets when you're, you're lifting weights. Like if you just lift weights the whole time, you're going to burn out your muscles. It's not going to work out. You need that rest period to rebuild. So I think there's an importance in finding time for rebuild rebuilding. So that's the first thing. The second time is that I actually plan self-enrichment and self-improvement into my schedule as if it's part of my job. So every morning I listen to podcasts and I, I've uh, built up my curated list of different podcasts that I listen to. And oftentimes I'll, I'll expand out beyond that. But my kind of theory of learning is I do about 80% uh, industry or related content to how I operate. So things about social ads, content marketing, influencer marketing, uh, digital marketing, uh, social business, internal collaboration, all those sort of things are about 80% of what I consume. And then the other 20% are just other so it's about enriching me as a human being so that I have things to relate my industry knowledge to so that it's more tangible and that I can understand other people's worlds and not just my own. So I bake that into my schedule daily. And then the final point, and this is to your point about what I do in December, and I wish I honestly could do this four times a year, but um, currently I'm only doing it once a year. But in December, when everybody's on holiday and nobody's really looking for me via email, everybody's with their families, I make it a point to take, I try to take two full weeks off. Like I don't work on client stuff. I don't do new business development. I don't, um, I don't do anything except take that time to reflect on the past year, to strategize and think about the next year to read books that were on my list that I couldn't get to, to listen to podcasts that I had bookmarked and never gotten to and read blog posts that I probably should have read but haven't yet. And I take that time to catch up on all of the things that I didn't have the time for throughout the year. And I let that arm me going into the next year um, with more knowledge and skills than I did the previous year so that I can go with a running start into the next year. Love it. Love it. So last question before we wrap up here. And I, again, with me working with so many large, small, medium, hundreds of agencies, marketing companies, this and this and that, from, you know, from local ones to the big ones, from the media comms and Neo at Ogilvy's to, you know, Starcom, all these major players. There's one thing. Besides the, the, the talent, the education, the, 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 the willingness to win, there's one thing, one additional thing that differentiates and separates Jeff from the rest of them. And I just want you to talk about this. And I'm going to spell it for you, Jeff. And as soon as you know what I'm spelling, I want you to shout it out loud, okay? All right. S W. A. Swagger. Swagger. Yes. Jeff, <laughs> tell the world. Where does that killer swag come from, man? Let the world know. Oh, uh, God. That's funny. Um, so I, I'm assuming what you mean by swagger is that um, I have – I think I'm a pretty confident dude, and I walk around with bright red sneakers, 
And, um, you know, I, I just, I kind of have a don't give a fuck attitude a little bit while at the same time giving a fuck about everything and every person that I talk to and, and how I interact with them and everything. So I think that's how I would define the swagger is that I, I think I'm really confident in what I'm here to do in this world. And I also simultaneously don't care what people think about me, but operate in a way where I hope everybody loves me. So it's a little bit of a contradiction, but I think part of the swagger is I think that I've done a good job at not making enemies. I think I do a great job at making friends and being likable. And I think that I try as hard as I can to be generous with every person that's a part of my network. You know, I'm very much a giver to the people in my world and, and people who do me right, I'm going to do them right. Uh, and people who do me wrong, they're on a list and they know who they are. Um, but for the most part, I think where my swagger comes from is that I know that I've got a really good life and I operate with as much integrity as I know how to. And I'm not saying I'm perfect or I'm some sort of a saint or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not trying to give off any sort of impression like that. I'm just saying how I see myself. I really like myself and I really like other people and I, I try to let them know that. And I see that if I can put a smile on somebody else's face or I can do something to help them along it, I, you know, not that I believe in karma as, as sort of a religious or spiritual ideal, but just more that like the idea to me makes sense that like, it's going to come back around by doing the right thing and being nice to people. So I think that's kind of the basis of my quote unquote swagger is I like to be noticed. I, I like that. And, um, and partly because I think that if people notice me, notice me and they, and they interact with me, they'll think I'm a pretty nice guy and, um, and hopefully want to get to know me better. Well, Jeff, you're not a nice guy. You're a great guy. And I hope everyone listening to this podcast really understands that. And if you're not working with Jeff, you're making a big mistake. So I'm going to end the show today on that note because that was an incredible answer. So everyone out there listening to this, make sure, shareable, shareable, shareable. This is the move. This is the future. Make sure you tell your friends, your mom, your, your, your goat, your, your cow, your pig, whatever animal you got. Tell them about shareable. And um, we're going to wrap this up. And everyone have an incredible day. Thanks for having me on, Santos. You're a great host. That was so much fun. I can't even believe the guests that we get. I mean, can you believe the guests that we get? I can actually. I schedule them. Awesome. Well done. Well, this episode for me was an absolute blast, and I hope everyone listening really enjoyed it. But now that we're in this fun little outro, what should people do next? Hmm. I think they should check us out on iTunes. Definitely go check us out on iTunes. And when you get there, subscribe, drop us a review, and then what's that one last thing we want them to do? share the episode oh that's right that's right it's in the name so please share this episode tell everyone you know and we'll see you on the next episode of shareable bye